This is a BBP News election update. Alright, we had two states to talk about in this week's primary catch-up uh, segment. So we start out in Florida with the governor's race. And we have Ron DeSantis, the Republican, and also the incumbent. He won the primary for the Republican Party, so he'll be running, and he'll be running against Democrat Charlie Crist. Now getting into representatives, we start in District 7, where Democrat Karen Green will be going up against Republican Corey Mills. And in District 10, Democrat Maxwell Frost will be going up against Republican Calvin Wimish. In District 13, Democrat Eric Lynn will be going up against Republican Anna Luna. And then in District 20, Democrat Sheila Sherfalis McCormick will be going up against Republican Drew Montez Clark. And then in District 22, Lois Frankel won the Democratic primary. And for the Republican primary, it hasn't actually been called yet, but 99% of the vote is counted. And Dan Franzies is winning on the Republican side. And then in the Senate, we have Marco Rubio, the incumbent and a Republican, running for the Republican Party and going up against Democrat Val Demings. Now getting into New York, we have the special election. If you remember back on June 28th, we had the results of the governor's primaries and a few of the others, but now we have the results for the House races, and we start in District 1, where Democrat Bridget Fleming will be going up against Republican Nicholas Lalota. In District 3, Democrat Robert Zimmerman will be going up against Republican George Santos. In District 4, Democrat Laura Gillen will be going up against Republican Anthony Despacito. And then in District 23, Democrat Maxwell Della Pia will be going up against Republican Nick Langworthy. And finally, in District 24, Democrat Stephen Holden will be going up against Republican Claudia Tenney. This has been a BBP News election update. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of BBP News. I'm Nicholas Rod, and we are here with another Friday morning episode. As we normally do, let's start off with the weather headed into this weekend. In Los Angeles, today it'll be clear with a high of 86 and a mostly clear weekend ahead. In Houston, Texas, expect some drizzle today with a high of 91 and rain throughout the rest of the weekend, getting heavier as the days go on. In Chicago, Illinois, it'll be partly cloudy today with a high of 76 and a mostly cloudy weekend. And in New York City, expect drizzle today as well with a high of 85 and mostly cloudy skies throughout the weekend. Now... It's been a while, you know, we recorded or, you know, we put out episodes the past uh, few days now on Wednesday, Monday, and Sunday. So again, we're back to our normal upload schedule, uh, but I didn't really take a moment to talk about uh, anything that really happened over this past month. It's been kind of cool, kind of crazy. I took my first train trip um, in this past month. And it was a very, very cool experience. If you've never traveled by train before, I highly recommend it. 
it's honestly a lot of fun. It's very comfortable. Um, and that's a really cool factor. I traveled by Amtrak and it, it's a wonderful experience. Uh, they really took care of me on that trip and it was just, it was a good time. It was a good time. I went out to visit someone, um, and hung out there for, for a little while and just had such a good time. And like I said, the, the trip on the train itself was very nice. The way home was a little more bumpy, but you know, it was because of things that you can't really control, you know? We ran into some medical emergencies on our way back, which is always, you know, you hate to see that. And it's one of those things, right, where I'm taking my first trip. Mind you, this is my first trip kind of like on my own. This is my first trip uh, by myself. I got dropped off at the station and took it from there. And like my first trip, everything's going perfectly. It's all fantastic. I'm on my way home. I'm literally in the last leg of this trip and uh and we get stopped because there was a medical emergency on the train and again it's one of those things that's horrible and you hope to dear god that they are okay uh, that the person that had that emergency is okay but it's just crazy right because first trip it's something out of a movie or a tv show right like you don't expect that to happen to you know when you're actually there and when you're actually traveling like that, it's just insane, you know? And so I got to experience a bit of that rockiness of, you know, oh, how long are we going to be delayed? How long is this going to take? Uh, what's the plan getting back, you know? So it really did put some very interesting thoughts into my mind. And I was thankful for the experience, you know, uh, the entire trip itself, just such a wonderful time. I had so much fun, like I said, but that's, you know, like the most eventful thing to really come out of this past month. I've also been taking summer classes, uh, for college and that's been crazy. If, uh, if you've ever used Microsoft office, if, if you're blind and you're listening to this and use, and you've used Microsoft office, you'll know what I'm talking about. It can be such a nightmare. Uh, for those that don't know, trying to use any screen reading software, uh, JAWS, NVDA, whatever you want to use with Microsoft Office apps can be a true nightmare. Just a true nightmare. So it's been interesting to say the least uh, when it comes to that side of things. But the class is finally over. My summer classes are done. And now we're into the last stretch of summer, really. And I have a bit of a break before I start my fall semester, but it's coming up quick. It really is. It's going to be here before I know it. And I don't know how to feel about that. But that's really all I really have to talk about this morning. It's been a very eventful month from, from those two perspectives that I just got to share. Um, but I am glad to be back, like I said, on Monday and Sunday as well. It is really nice to be back and... Uh, I'm just glad to be reporting for all of you again, and hopefully Chris will be back for these episodes very soon. Um, whether he'll be back on Monday or maybe next Friday for these news episodes, he's still here for the idiots in the news. He is here for that, but for these news episodes, you know, we want him back. We really do. I know I do. I'm sure you guys do as well because having just one of us, you know, it's not the same. It's really not the same. 
But that's enough rambling, I think. I think it's time to get into the actual news here. We do have some stuff to talk about for sure. And starting right off here, we have some news about student loan relief. Now, this is something that has been in the works since President Biden took office, and now it has officially been announced. On Wednesday, President Biden announced his plan to forgive student loan debt for a broader range of the American people compared to what we have seen up until this point. There are actually several steps to this forgiveness plan, so let's dig right into the details First, Biden announced that those who make under $125,000 a year will qualify for loan forgiveness. If you make under $125,000 a year, you will qualify for $10,000 of federal student loan forgiveness. Beyond that, if you make under $125,000 a year and have received a Pell Grant, you will qualify for $20,000 of federal student loan debt relief. So let me repeat that. If you make under $125,000 a year, you can receive $10,000 in relief. However, if you have received a Pell Grant and make under that $125,000 mark, you will qualify for $20,000 worth of federal student loan debt. The president stressed in his remarks on Wednesday that there will be no way for those making over that $125,000 limit to receive this loan forgiveness. This is just for the people that make under that mark. According to the president, this is expected to help 43 million borrowers throughout the country. Alongside this, President Biden announced that the pause on student loan debt will be coming to a close on December 31st. This means that it is being extended one more time, and then after December 31st, it will be over permanently. According to President Biden, the end of this program will mean that $50 million will be put back into the Treasury every year through the payment of these loans. President Biden also laid out plans to reform the student loan system and mainly in two different ways. So first is by changing the income-driven repayment plan. In his remarks, the president announced his proposal to change the repayment plan so that those getting an undergraduate degree, whether it's a two-year school or a four-year school, would pay no more than 5% of their discretionary income towards their student loans, with the current percentage being 10%. And if you are unaware what discretionary income is, that is the income that you have after you pay for all of your necessities. He also stated that you would only have to pay this loan for 20 years. After that 20 years, your obligation to that debt would be fulfilled if it hadn't been before that point. In some cases, you might finish paying it off before those 20 years are up. But by that 20-year mark, your obligation to the loan would be over and done with. The final announcement made during the president's remarks was that the Department of Education would be working to reform the public service loan forgiveness program. There was very little on the specifics to this announcement, but the hope is to make the program far more efficient and less complicated to navigate for those trying to access its benefits. There are also emergency changes in place for this program that expire on October 31st of this year. 
Until that date, those that work in a public service position can go to pslf.gov to see if they qualify for retroactive credit to their student loans. And I will put that link in the show notes for anyone that may want to access that. Now, one story that we did not get the chance to cover from the beginning is the August 8th raid of former President Trump's home at Mar-a-Lago by the FBI. Since the raid, there have been several battles in court over the matter. One of these battles is a suit filed by several media organizations to unseal the affidavit that led to the warrant allowing the FBI to carry out the raid. This battle is still ongoing in the courts. However, now there is another battle about to begin. This centers around a lawsuit filed by former President Trump's team on Monday, and it asks for several things. So firstly, it asks that a special master be appointed to review the documents that were taken from Trump's home. It also asks that the Department of Justice not be allowed to continue their review of the documents, until the special master has been appointed and has the chance to review the documents for themselves. DOJ spokesperson Anthony Coley stated that any response to the complaint will be made in court. Now, as you will know, election season is here and we are getting closer and closer to the countrywide election. In preparation of that, social media companies are preparing their guidelines to fight against election misinformation. The newest major platform to become a part of this is TikTok. Over the past few years, TikTok has established itself as a majorly influential platform for people all across the world, with the US being no exception to that. This has led to concerns over the possibility of misinformation being spread regarding the upcoming election and voting itself. The first action taken by TikTok is to create an election center to help counter the misinformation. They say that it helps to connect those that interact with election content to get accurate information and sources for everything they need. The election center is being rolled out in more than 45 languages, including English and Spanish. It will contain information for things like how to vote across different regions of the U.S., as well as information on how to vote for people in special circumstances, such as those that are overseas or service members. The center will also keep track of poll results as they come in. TikTok will also be adding labels to content that involves the election. This will include information that comes from any government, politician, or political party account. You will be able to click through to the election center with these labels. Popular election-related hashtags will also give you quick access to the election center. This again is all in an attempt to put reliable and accurate information right at your fingertips and to minimize the spread of false information. Also in the effort to minimize the spread of misinformation, TikTok is working with fact-checking organizations across 30 languages to ensure that election content is as accurate as possible. They are also letting users know about information that has not been proven or fact-checked and will give a prompt before that information is shared. Finally, TikTok stated that it is not allowing for paid political ads on the platform and will remove any paid content that is not properly disclosed. 
with some time still remaining before election day, we could very well see more of these types of guidelines set across other platforms, including changes to the ones I just talked about. It has been six months since the invasion of Ukraine by Russia and war broke out between the two nations. Since then, we have seen endless fighting throughout Ukraine, mainly in the eastern and southern regions, and has included attacks on major cities like Mariupol and Kyiv, which is also the country's capital. And it has also included major sea battles, mainly on the Black Sea, where Ukraine has been trying to push Russian forces out of key locations like Snake Island. Today that fight is continuing on, and countries including the US have been providing as much support as possible, as well as to help them last throughout what is quickly becoming a very drawn out war. The money for this aid is coming out of the Ukraine Security Assistance Initiative, and it is the largest package to come out of that initiative to this point. Since President Biden took office, the U.S. has dedicated more than $10 billion in assistance for Ukraine security. As I said earlier, the U.S. isn't the only country providing assistance. Germany is planning to provide 500 million euros in defense systems and vehicles. Canada is also planning to approve $3.85 million in assistance. Neither of these projects are guaranteed just yet but they are expected to be approved soon. As this war does become drawn out into the long term, NATO countries are showing that they will continue to stand with Ukraine, as, like we have talked about, many of these projects being approved will be continuing for one, if not several years. Now getting into rapid news, Dr. Anthony Fauci head of the National Institute of Health, will be stepping down from his position in December of this year after 50 years of government work. Also, a whistleblower complaint has been filed by former Twitter security chief Peter Zadko, stating that Twitter deceived federal regulators, their own board, and their users about how safe the platform was when it comes to user information security. But now getting into good news and we come back with just a wonderful good news story in my opinion. An Uber driver in New York City stopped in the middle of a ride in order to rush into a burning building to save several people. 54-year-old Fritz Sams was driving a passenger to LaGuardia Airport in New York City when he noticed something strange. There was a commotion going on uh, on the sidewalk nearby. And when he looked over, he saw smoke pouring out of a brownstone and immediately stopped to help. Both him and the passenger jumped out and he ran over to see what was going on. And when he realized what was happening, he rushed inside to help uh, anyone that might still be inside. He managed to get two people out of the building with no injuries. Everyone was safe. Everyone was okay. Uh, and he is just being hailed as an absolute hero for this. And what's even more amazing is that he did this and still got his passenger to the airport on time and she still made her flight. So something just absolutely remarkable and with just truly a perfect end. This is a movie style ending, right? Like Uber driver just 
going about his business, driving someone to the airport, sees smoke pouring out of a building, immediately stops, asks the passenger if they can stop to see if they can help. They do. He runs in, saves two people, no injuries, no one's hurt, no one has, you know, perished in the building, and they still get to the airport on time. Like, that is something straight out of a movie, straight off of a TV show. You know, like, that is incredible, just the automatic response to stop, to try to help, to actually help, not even just try, to actually help and in such a major, major, major way. You know, that's just truly amazing. And it actually went viral. It went viral on Twitter, what he did, and people were starting to ask uh, Uber what they were going to do to commend him. And Sam's actually got a call from Uber CEO and nothing was disclosed about what kind of deal was actually made. If there was uh, some kind of, you know, agreement made or if he got something for his efforts, but you have to imagine, uh, you know, everyone was very appreciative and he, he probably got something for his efforts, but truly just the fact that he did this was amazing enough regardless of any reward or whatever else he may have gotten just a truly wonderful story and i just i I can't get over the fact that they still got to the airport on time that's just crazy to me crazy but what a story and what a way to come back what a way to return and you know what you know what we are getting close to another good news episode i believe next saturday will be returning with good news. So that is very exciting for me. You guys know how much I love those episodes. Oh, don't mind my voice cracking here. Uh, I think my voice is coming to an end, but perfect timing because we have come to the end of this episode. Now we will be back on Sunday morning with a week ahead schedule. And then we'll be back on Monday morning with a wrap up of the weekend's news. But until then, make sure to follow us on Twitter link in the show notes, the link to the website I mentioned earlier for the public service members looking to get loan relief. That will be in the show notes as well. But until Sunday morning, you guys enjoy your weekend. Make sure to share us around if you haven't already. And we'll see you soon.